Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Flophouse Mini for this week. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just killing time because I can't remember what my name is. I'm just vamping until I remember what my name is. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's Ellie Kalen. Oh, Ellie thank you. Kalen. Ellie, I'm Ellie Kalen. Thank you so much, Dan. Cool. I appreciate and it. And so normally at this point, I would have a labored explanation of what we do on minis. But first, because this is the Max Fun Drive, or it just ended actually. Yeah, yeah. Real but, quick, guys. It's the final yeah, weekend of the Max Fun Drive. It technically ended, but the, the books are still- week. Weekend of the Max Fun. You guys are slowing me down here. (laughs) I'm all about speed because people should go sign up right now. Right now. Because the books are still open over the weekend. For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to our full bursting library of bonus content (laughs) filled of all kinds of stuff, as well as the knowledge that you're directly supporting us, the Flophouse. So head over to MaximumFun.org slash join and support us now. Yeah. Because remember, it's the final weekend of the Max Fun If you you sneak in over the weekend, they'll never notice. It'll be our little secret. It's weird. Uh, Even though uh, we have headphones on, a dog across the street started barking (laughs) when Elliot hit the high notes. (laughs) Wow. And they're they're not going to like it when I say, everybody's pledging for this weekend. Okay. Well, oh wait. The dogs are dancing, guys. (laughs) (laughs) They're up on their hind legs. You Mm -hmm. should see this. They're dogs. The dog's picking up the phone, calling its cousin, (laughs) (laughs) saying this is the sound they've been looking for. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Um, hey, uh, so now we go into the actual show. And and on the flop house. The actual show is where we're (laughs) going right now. So so the general premise of the flop house, of course, is that we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. But then we thought, hey, let's do some extra shows too. And those ones, not very structured. This time around, for Max (laughs) Fun Drive. We've decided to provide some personalized recommendations uh, for listeners. Um, we had listeners write in with what they felt were, you know, a few, not overwhelming, a few pertinent facts about who they were. And then we were all going to come in and try and give personalized movie, bes- bespoke movie recommendations from the Flophouse. We're like, we're like movie doctors. Yeah. Yep, okay. Exactly. These recommendations are bespoke. Bespoke. Just how <laughs> man, like, did you just come from a fucking Chuck E. Cheese? Why are you singing all these songs? <laughs> yeah, and you're right. I, I, I spent my morning as I do every every morning, going to having my morning coffee at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to object to uh, movie doctors after I use I, I hit bespoke so hard, but you know what? In a way, doctors are the most bespoke tailors because if they sew you up, they're doing it right on your body. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is specific to you. Yeah, made to so, order. Yeah, there you, you can't, go. You can't get surgery off the rack. No, no, you can't. Uh, and I at tried. least not until that Black Mirror episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we so, all look off into the distance. It fades into an episode of, the, of Black Mirror where you can get surgery off the rack. David Cronenberg's like, "You totally stole this bit from me," and I'm like, "Chill out, dude." <laughs> it's like you don't have a trademark on future surgery. And he's like, oh, I can trademark whatever I want. Canadian law is very open for that sort of thing. (laughs) I don't even know if that's true. But let's go on to the first uh, listener. Now, I eased us in, or I made it harder. Possible I made it harder (laughs) by choosing one for the first one with the least sort of like lengthy information. This person just provided some bullet points, and we have to extrapolate. This is definitely the one that took me the longest to think of one for. Yeah. 
But it's the quickest to read, so I, I put it at the top. Yep, sure. And it goes, hey, Peaches, I'm David, and I'm a bartender who lives in Chicago, who hates kids, but loves obscure 90s alt-rock. So, yeah, it's uh, it's concise. It's a yeah, haiku yeah. of a question. Mm-hmm. I actually, but, I actually had a movie pop out right away. Really? Well, why don't you go one. first? Now, if I don't it's know the what, one that it took me forever to think about. Think of. I'm gonna get so mad. Oh, you're gonna be jealous. You mean? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is gonna. This is an interesting exercise because I don't. A lot, you know, a lot of the movies that I came up with, I wouldn't say are like super deep cuts. But I feel like this is this one kind of ticks a bunch of those boxes. And I'm gonna recommend uh, Michael Mann's Thief. Oh, it's a, okay. it's a great Chicago movie. Uh, it's got a definite like blue collar appeal that I kind of feel ties in with, I mean, I don't know where you're bartending, but I feel like service industry workers, uh, have a touch of the like blue collar element. There's, I don't think there's any kids in this movie, so you don't <laughs> have to worry about, about that. He wanting kids at one point, but you never <clears throat> see is that, any material. Is that that amazing scene where he pulls out his fucking prison collage? Yes, his where- collage of, of, of terror that is his... His dream, and at that moment, she should walk out of that date right she there. She should. I mean, <laughs> I've seen a lot. You know, the internet's full of you know, uh, like Instagram reels and TikTok <laughs> videos laying out red flags. <laughs> Number one on that list is <laughs> a prison collage a thief with vision board. <laughs> yeah, a thief vision board prominently featuring Willie Nelson. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That softens for, yeah, for me a little I guess bit. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's so great and. While it's not 90s alt-rock, the entire soundtrack is by Tangerine Dream, which is great. It is a great soundtrack. I, I love this movie. Uh, it is undeniably a classic. It's great. James Caan gives arguably his best performance, one of them. Uh, and it's, what, the, fir- the first uh, on-screen appearance of uh, Jim Belushi, I think. <laughs> uh, so, that's, so that's very Chicago. <laughs> yeah, it's very Chicago. Yeah, I, I love Thief. So was was that exactly what you were picking? It is not. That's a great, I wish I had thought of it. That's a great, great recommendation. I, uh, yeah, like Stuart, I struggled with like, oh, you know, deep cuts, uh, you know, if I recommend something that everyone knows, is that useful? I I, Ultimately, I decided I will throw all of that out. I'm just going to try and figure out. Just going to recommend Star Wars? Yeah, no, I'm, trying, just gonna, I'm just. Gonna, I mean, if they haven't seen Star Wars, it's going <laughs> to blow their mind. Whatever comes to mind after thinking about it will be what I go with, and I will prioritize something that someone may not have heard of. But uh, anyway, that's sort of more general than it has to do with uh, this. But um, this one was hard for me. I considered uh, Green Book since it's sort of about a band. Uh, that gets you mean me- Green Room? Sorry, Green Room. <laughs> Very yeah, different gr- movie. I was like Green Book. Okay, interesting. A movie I know you didn't like. Strange. Green Room. I haven't even seen Green Book. I don't even know where uh, that. I just wrote down Green and like <laughs> my either my phone autocorrects was like, do you mean Green Book or Argu- <laughs> arguably the movie featuring actual skinheads might be less racist? Yeah, yeah. Mm, green wow. Room. That's, that's food for thought. That's gr- that's food, green food for thought. Vegetables. Yeah. A harrowing thriller about a band that gets trapped in a bar full of Nazis. <laughs> it's you, think, great. you think Paul McCartney and Wings had a band on the run? Oh boy, this is a band that is really on the run. That movie features one of, I mean, I love Jeremy Sonier movies, and that fucking arm scene with the fucking box cutter 
is the one of the like it's horrifying and then the rest of the movie he's just running around and I'm like what does his arm look like under all that bandage it looks horrible <laughs> yeah that that I mean I considered that one I also considered uh, a movie called the uh, color me obsessed about the replacements mm. but I haven't seen that movie I just thought <laughs> Andy I think it's Rock a good idea Midwest. to recommend movies you've seen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, st- I stuck only the movies I've seen, and I decided to recommend uh, Dig, the documentary from 2004 about uh, the Brian Jonestown massacre and the Dandy Warhols as one of, one band blows up and one is imploding. It is interesting, even if you are not sort of a fan of alternative rock of the time, but as one, you, you might get a little extra out of it. But it's just sort of a fascinating... True life story of, I don't know, what it's like to to be in a band, what it's like to deal with sudden fame, what it's like to be the kind of person <laughs> who is in a band who maybe isn't equipped for sudden fame, all of those mm-hmm. things. Um, and, and like struggling uh, when you're in a creative endeavor with multiple other people who are maybe difficult and yeah. how – uh, how tough that can be on, I don't know, a sensitive person mm-hmm. or a person who's got real, like a really hard work ethic. Are you subtweeting <laughs> us at this point? Is that what's... <laughs> Subpotting, yeah. Uh, so that's what I came up with. This was, like I said, this was a hard one for me. And so I'm going to recommend a movie that this is... I don't know that one, Dan. I'm going to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's good. Mine is, mine is a slight, I didn't know it either. Uh, mine is a slightly qualified recommendation because it's a movie I haven't seen since I was a teenager. But I really latched onto the uh, 90s alt-rock aspect. And I think for this, for I'm going to recommend for David, I'm going to recommend the movie Freaked, starring oh, Alex Winter. nice. <laughs> and uh, co-directed by Alex Winter. This is a comedy that was barely released in the United States. It was from 1993. Uh, stars Alex Winter and Randy Quaid. And Mr. T and Brooke Shields and Keanu Reeves are in it. But Keanu Reeves is not quite recognizable because he's under dog man makeup <laughs> the entire movie, almost. And uh, this is a movie that, I'm sure there are jokes in it that do not age well since it is about people being kidnapped and turned into uh, into uh, Bas- strange people. Yeah, sideshow performers. And, uh, but I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking like, as a teenager and a kid, and say, like, he's used to play on HBO a lot, uh, that it was really funny and was being surprised that there wasn't much being done with it otherwise. And apparently it was originally meant to be a butthole surfers movie. Uh, and, <laughs> awesome. and, the, and that got changed quite a bit during pre-production and production. Uh, but it's one that I bet you'll laugh at a few times. It's got a very nineties alt rock. I feel like sensibility to it. So that's freaked. But again, I'm sure there are jokes in there that have not aged well, considering this is a 30 year old movie that was, I think supposed to be real, like edgy at the time. So I guarantee you there's stuff in there that is less sensitive than it should be. I just don't know what. Nice. All so right. write in, tell us if Freaked holds up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've actually never seen it, but I do like the Butthole Servers a lot. And I do like Alex Winter a lot. I so feel like it was on HBO a fair amount It was on HBO a lot as a kid. But it's, there's, there, I remember some very funny jokes from it. I don't remember all of it, but I remember funny jokes in it. Uh, Maybe I'll just wander around uh, the Roku channel or Tubi and see if it'll turn up. Like yesterday when I decided I'm, to watch Evil Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's one I've never actually seen. I only saw it at the video store. Guess what? It rules. <laughs> Freaked is one of those movies that, yeah, like either it exists no place and except for maybe like someone who uploaded it to YouTube. Yeah. It is on or YouTube in its entirety. It exists yeah. every place. Well, like no, it, it's one of those. 
<laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, one of those movies where, well, where by by some strange vic- vicissitude of reality, yeah, it's either yeah. it either disappeared off the face of the earth or it is in a four pack of movies you can buy at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's it's playing on the like screen at the bus stop. <laughs> Why is it that that Jake Gyllenhaal's Bubble Boy is readily? It seems like it's available everywhere. Yeah, no one wanted it even at the time, and yet <laughs> now you can't walk down the street without slipping on a copy of Bubble Boy. No, um, yeah, swing a dead cat. That dead cat will say, "Please, I hope I don't hit a copy of uh, Bubble Boy this time." Can we swing a different dead animal? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, swing a dead one. Kennedy, and you're bound to hit a copy of Bubble Boy. <laughs> This one is uh, from Emily, last name withheld. Emily writes- Emily and Perry, yeah. Hey guys, here's the pertinent details for my personalized pick. Almost 30, female, in a film and TV production program. Have large blind spots for some cinema classics I want fixed. Enjoyer of 80s horror, 90s trash, and bona fide TCM classics. So all three floppers have a chance of making the best recommendation- Big fan of the show. Would really appreciate giving some recommendations for my favorite podcasters. Keep it sleazy. Emily, last name withheld. Now, if what uh, I'm doing like, right now is not sleazy, do I have to up the sleaze factor? Yeah. To meet I, Emily's standards? I, I, I feel like I really have latched, to maintain. It says keep it sleazy. <laughs> I so. feel like I really latched onto the sleazy part of this one with my <laughs> recommendations. Well, that's the thing. So... Emily says, uh, uh, enjoyer of 80s horror, 90s trash, and bona fide TCM classics. Now, I can only assume by, you know, process of elimination that I'm supposed to be the 90s uh, trash because I assume that Stu is the 80s horror and you're the TCM classics, but those are also things I enjoy. So, look, don't flatten you us can, into you, one thing. Dan, you, can, That's all you contain multitudes. Yeah, but that being said, because I presume that was that was mine, I went in that direction. Okay. And I would like to recommend an erotic thriller from the 90s. Keeping it sleazy. 1995, uh, directed by Peter Hall, starring Antonio Manderas and Rebecca de Mornay. It is called Never Talk to Strangers. It It has the two things I really like in a... Uh, uh, a 90s erotic dumb thriller. I thought you were going to say this is the two things I really like, <laughs> boobs and butts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are amongst the many things. <laughs> but but in, in a 90s... That's in the constellation of things that you enjoy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if there's a word cloud, those would be some of the <laughs> larger words. But no, I... <laughs> for a 90s erotic thriller, it has the things I like, which is number one, a utterly implausible, weird, jalo style like explanation for everything that's going on that that, that would fall apart in life, but is perfect in the context <laughs> perfect, of one yeah. of these thrillers. And um, a little like genuine sexiness. There's a scene in this where Rebecca Dormornay bites Antonio Banderas's butt, and it's like a thing that like I don't know to see actors doing like you don't usually see that kind of like. Goofy intimacy. Yeah. Not even in on, Ghoulies. On screen. Yes. No. Yeah. Not <laughs> even in Ghoulies. The movie that promises a butt will be bit. But um, <laughs> that would be a great tagline for a movie. A butt will be bit. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, it's kind of, I mean, like, it's a silly movie, but it's kind of impressive that it actually feels like sexy at parts. So that's the one I'm going with. I mean, I think it probably speaks to the charisma of those two leads. Yeah, yeah, very sexy people. Um, I, I'm going to recommend something that I think 
in a way, if you look at it from a certain angle, it kind of hits <laughs> all the criteria of this recommendation. Because it was a uh, something that I did not see at the time of its release, and I didn't see until a little bit later. I think it definitely hits 80s horror. It's a little it's a little sleazy, and uh, it also has a little bit of a TCM vibe. I'm going to recommend Fred Decker's Night of the Creeps, mm. a movie I'm sure mm. we've mentioned on the podcast before. It stars that hunk, Tom Atkins. Uh-oh, look out, ladies. Lock up your daughters. <laughs> what? Um, so they're, two generations. Because their boyfriends are dead. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a zombie movie involving brain worms. Uh, there's bits that are in black and white uh, from ye olden times, and there's uh, <laughs> current stuff. It's great. It's super funny. It's one of those movies that I'm like, if I had seen this movie as a teenager, it would have. I don't. I don't feel like it would have changed me. It's just one of those things that I'm like, how did I not see this earlier? Like I'm this, surprised you didn't because I saw it as a teenager. It hits sure. like every. It like ticks every box of what I like in a movie. Yeah. Um, it's stylish. There's a fucking. Uh, what a morgue attendant who shows up uh, with a fucking sandwich. I love that shit. Um, yeah, it's so great. It's got great one-liners, two thumbs up. If you haven't seen Night of the Creeps and you like any of the things that I've mentioned. Or if you like James Gunn's Slither, which is essentially a yeah, remake. Which is very but, much an update in some ways of Night of the Creeps, yeah. But also very good and fun. Slither's very good and very fun. Is it as good as Night of the Creeps? I'm sorry, James Gunn. You're not as good as Night of the Creeps. But <laughs> hey, you know what? Few are. So if you haven't seen Night of the Creeps, go check it out. It's so much fun. I love it. I'm going to recommend a movie that I love that I think ticks off the classic movie box. And I don't know about the sleaze box, but it's certainly <laughs> got a, a, an we eroticism have that to it. Yeah, we, we covered sleaze, but this is an erotic movie in some ways, although uh, it's mostly emotional erotics. And that's Black Narcissus. That's right, starring uh, starring Deborah Kerr. I was about to say David Kerr, which is not a person. Deborah Kerr. Uh, and this is a <laughs> Deborah Carradine. <laughs> this is a Powell and Pressburger film. It is about uh, some nuns in the Himalayas who are being forced to confront basically um, the buried feelings of uh, loneliness and kind of erotic stirring that – they do not want to feel or give into as they are nuns in the Himalayas. And it's shot in this, in the classic Powell and Pressburger, super lush color. Everything looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. It is a really like a, like sensual movie in a classy way. Dan's, it sounds like, is kind of a sensual movie in a sleazy way. And this is a sensual movie in a classy way. It's a movie where no one bites anybody's butts. But at one point, a woman puts on lipstick and it is like a thunderbolt coming out of the sky, like that, like an erotic thunderbolt, just her putting on that lipstick. Uh, the male character in it, he rides around on a very small horse, which is accurate to where the movie takes place, but it does look a little ridiculous. So you, so you have to try not to laugh at how small his horse is. But otherwise, it's a really, uh, really tight thriller, uh, but also – a just like a gorgeous looking movie. That's Black Narcissus. Did you did you see? Didn't they do like a, a they did a TV mini version of it. a mini series recently? Did you see that? I didn't watch it at all. Partly because I feel like I've gotten to a point now, like the same way that there's like this Great Expectations miniseries that's that's out now, and there's mm -hmm. like I used to be like, oh, I want to see that new version of the story I like, but I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I love that old version of it. Yeah, I don't love it because of the story for Black Narcissus, at least. I love it because yeah. of the way they make that movie. So. Uh -huh. I'm not really that interested in how someone who's not Powell and Pressburger make it, but I've heard good things about that miniseries. So, okay. but I would say it is not. I'm not 
I'm not saying don't watch it, but I'm not saying I'm saying that's not my recommendation. Is that miniseries? My recommendation cool. is the movie from 1947. Uh, this next one. So we started out with very little information. This one includes diagrams. So. I felt I felt mm-hmm. really I feel really proud about this one. Okay. Yeah, me so. too. I feel I feel like I've got a good one for this. The other two, yeah, I, I mean, I, the other two I recommended were crap. Those were bad recommendations. I gotta this admit, the, I gotta <laughs> admit the, the diagram system is helpful, but let's get into it. So this is from Aaron, last name withheld, who says, "Hey, peaches, first time, long time, etc." Since I have found myself aligned with each of your movie tastes over the years, I thought the way I would approach the question would be to give each of you a constellation of three movies that I like, and I think that are in your respective wheelhouses and ask you to give me a recommendation for a film that is a good interpolation of the three. I hope this makes sense, and I provided a diagram to help. If it doesn't make sense, then just think about what might complete a four-film DVD collection given the first three. Aaron, last name withheld, and there's a little diagram. It's kind of like a, a, a constellation, as he says. It's a triangle with movie one, movie two, and movie three at the points, and inside it says, your recommendation here. So let's just do it uh, in the order we have. Uh, Stu's Constellation. Yep. Movie one, Dread, 2012. Okay. Dread, yep. Movie movie two, Old Boy, mm-hmm. 2003. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Movie three, Ex Machina, which appears to be where... Uh, oh, no, I guess he's he's adding dates just to, to differentiate when there might be confusion. I was like, he seemed to lose interest in giving a date after the movie. Yeah, but I, yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so I I feel like the center of those three, that diagram, the center of those three is none other than Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, the fourth movie oh. in the franchise because it's a revenge story. It's a movie that is set up uh, by a home invasion by uh, what, like, what are they, like, cyber, uh, they're like walking corpse soldier guys. Like the reanimated soldier Reanimated soldier right? guys, which are kind of like robots in Ex Machina, that science gone awry. And uh, the, the hero, played by Scott Atkins, who is getting a lot of buzz right now because he's one of the baddies in the new John Wick movie, goes on a rampage to try and get revenge, uh, Diary say it's similar to Old Boy, and it's got action scenes that are bonkers and so violent and bloody. There's a scene in like a sporting goods store that is absolutely nuts. I highly recommend this. If you have any interest in seeing a very violent, very strange action movie, I highly recommend Universal Soldier 4, which is the best in the franchise. Okay. Um, so next is my constellation. That's me, Dan. It says, mm-hmm. movie one, The Sweet Smell of Success, two, Miller's Crossing, and three, Vertigo. So this is one of these cases where I'm not going to say something uh, unknown, really, uh, but I felt like appropriate to me. Uh, Star Wars. <laughs> between the sweet- I mean, that would blow people's minds <laughs> if they hadn't seen it. If they've never seen it? If they've never seen it? Uh, between The Sweet Smell of Success, Miller's Crossing, and Vertigo, I I sensed sort of a common tone of sort of romantic cynicism. I mean, which, you know, makes sense. Like, I think cynicism is kind of like romanticism that is hoping for uh, the best, but fearing that the worst and often getting the worst. Um, mm-hmm. It's romanticism it, getting defensive, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, they all sort of have a theme of corruption as well. I 
went with uh, Touch of Evil, the Orson Welles film uh, starring himself, Charlton Heston, Janet Lee, and Marlena Dietrich from 1958. And Akeem like, Tamaroff. <laughs> I feel like it shares uh, it shares the visual flair that all those movies have, and it has the same kind of tone of a story of sort of trying to make a way through a tangled, uh, cynical world and uh, and some people uh, get through and some people don't. And uh, and that's all I'll say about that. I mean, you know, we, we, we keep hemming and hawing about the fact that some of these are unknown, but I've never seen Touch of Evil. Mm. Um, partly, obviously, because I was too busy watching Evil Tunes last night. Sure. <laughs> you did have the well, choice. Yeah, prior, you could have seen <laughs> Those are, yeah, there are two both- evil films in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> one like, of them is Tunes. The other one just yeah. has Touches. <laughs> he, like, looked it up. He's like... Does Touch of Evil have any tunes in it? And Google told him no. So. And I'm like, it doesn't say it in the description, but maybe I'll have to go over to Reddit now. I mean, yeah. Dennis Weaver's performance, it's Dennis Weaver who owns the hotel, right? His performance is pretty cartoonish, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. anyway, Elliot's Constellation. Okay. So I guess he doesn't for- own the hotel. He works the hotel. Okay. So, yeah, what was my, what was my Constellation? Yeah. Elliot's Constellation. Movie one, Tokyo Story. Two, 12 Angry Men, 1957. Three, the Wages of Fear. All right. So I think I've aced this one. Uh, the, a lot, what, the, what do these movies have in common? Wages of Fear and 12 Angry Men. They're both about angry men who are <laughs> confronted with some kind of uh, conflict, some kind of obstacle or struggle, either physical or emotional, or in the case of Wages of Fear, both. Uh, and Tokyo Story is about people in Japan whose lives are not quite turning out the way they want it to. And whereas they all, each of these movies has a certain amount of realism to it. It's not there. None of them are wages of fear, even considering it's a movie about trucks full of explosive chemicals. Uh, it, although they're none of them feel sensational. And so I think I aced this. Uh, I decided to go with a Japanese movie. Why not? And I picked high and low. Akira mm-hmm. Kurosawa's high and low starring Toshiro Mifune, but don't let that blind you to the fact that it also features Tetsuya Nakade, another one of Japan's great leading men, although here he's in a supporting role. And High and Low is the story of uh, a man who, Tashiro Mifune plays a man who is about to uh, embark on the hostile takeover of a shoe company, only to find out, he's a rich man, he's about to risk everything, only to find out that his chauffeur's son has been kidnapped under the misapprehension on the part of the kidnappers that it was his son. And now he's been faced with a ransom. And is he going to pay this ransom for another man's son? Uh, what can he do and still live with himself? And it's a movie that is also kind of, especially for a three-movie constellation challenge, is neatly divided up into three parts, pretty much. The part where it's dealing with the ransom and the kidnapper, the police investigation, and then the final confrontation between our between our uh, high and low people. And it's all about uh, life in a Japan of uh, income inequality and social inequality. It is about the ethical struggles that one has to face when they are taken outside of their own comfort zone. Uh, and it's super tense and, and it, it's shot beautifully. It's the first, the opening of it is almost like the most tense play you've ever seen. And then it keeps, the movie keeps kind of opening up and then it closes down again. And it's just really good. So high and low, Akira Kurosawa's version. There are other movies called high and low. I have not seen them. This is the one yeah. I'm talking about and not sweet and low. That is a sweetener, an artificial sweetener and not sweet and low down, which is a different movie. High and, and low. high and lowest. That's a no, comic strip. The least funny comic strip maybe ever, <laughs> ever made. Yeah. Sister of Peter Beetle Bailey. 
What, what, who lives in the suburbs? Now, what if it, now what if it was, Curacao what if, you know, is high and lowest had been good. That, uh, Curacao is high and lowest would have been very interesting. I mean, Kurosawa was going to make Runaway Train at one point. So you know the man has has variety and has uh, varied skills. Now, here's the thing. What if Beetle Bailey was the Beetle in Sweeney Todd? How would that play be different? Instead of Beetle Bamford working for Judge Turpin, it was Guys, Beetle Bailey. I have tickets for Sweeney Todd. Uh, this weekend after we move. And wow, I'm so dude, it's flexing on all you because hoes. Because <laughs> the reviews have been stellar for this uh, Yeah, I really want to see it. I, I I saw the last the last revival of Sweeney Todd. I saw it twice, but that wasn't a full revival. It wasn't a full-scale, like the less Broadway uh, revival. It wasn't like a full-scale, full orchestration one. I really hope I get to see this one. And this one has uh, this one has National Treasure Anna Lee Ashford in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, she and Jay is Groves. the best. No, also, <laughs> yeah, also Jay Groves. <laughs> And the kid from Stranger Things. Which one? The, that show's They're full all of kids. kids. They're all kids. Yeah. Paul Reiser, he's not a kid. But <laughs> Dan, Sean Astin, he was a kid once. <laughs> it's true. But you need to jump up in the middle of the play and say, where's Beetle Bailey? Where's Beetle Bailey? <laughs> Try to get a chant going. <laughs> I can tell you right now that that attempt will fail. <laughs> <laughs> Gang, as I mentioned right up top, we're right at the end of the Max Fun Drive. And if this is your first time here, the Max Fun Drive is the one time a year that we ask our listeners, you, for financial support. The Flophouse is primarily funded by listener support. That means us, me, Dan, Elliot. And in exchange of, uh, by supporting us, supporters are, uh, at the $5 a month and higher level get access to, as I mentioned, a big old pile of Flophouse bonus content, including multiple actual play role-playing game adventures, movie commentaries, crossover episodes, and more. Your imagination just, oh, wow, it's nuts. <laughs> Your voice is really selling these things. Yeah, yep. Plus, uh, plus new and upgrading members will also earn additional rewards like show-specific stickers, an apron that's really cool and looked really great on Dan when he wore it the it's other a night. Great, Thank I'll you. say it again. It's a great apron. I use it yeah. every day. It's a sturdy, comfortable, well-made apron that looks yeah. great. It's, a, it's, it's not, it doesn't, it's not just an apron. It's a great print. Uh, all right. Well, forget what out. I was going to say. Yeah, just, um, yeah, just Alex, no, no, burn, this, Alex burn this episode. Never release yeah. it. <laughs> Alex, loop me saying that. <laughs> no. And then turn it in. No. Give it Alex, Alex, if you can go, if you can hack into the uh, into the U.S. <laughs> census records and, and delete Dan from existence, that would be great. And certainly don't loop it up and turn it into a hot new dance song. Okay. So uh, there's also a cookbook full of Max Fun hosts' recipes, including a recipe from me and Dan. What? Uh, and did I mention that in addition to supporting the Flophouse, some of your money also goes to support the operation of the MaxFun network that is currently in the process of becoming entirely employee-owned. In a world where media companies continue to get shittier and treat their employees and contributors <laughs> worse and worse, Very know, true. That by, know that by supporting us, you're supporting positive change in the world of entertainment, which is a big fucking deal. Uh, so why don't you head over to MaximumFun.org slash join and support us today, please. <sighs> Vice President, former Vice President, current President Joe Biden. Everyone, mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry, that's all I get, like. Big fucking deal is all I can think oh, of. I'm sorry, I, I apologize. Yeah. That was uh, an oblique thing to say. Alex, uh, loop that. Loop that. Alex, you can <laughs> cut it out if you want to. That's a thing that can go. Um, hey, the next one is from Laurel. Last name withheld. Laurel writes. 
Hello, Flop Stars. I've been listening for more than a decade now, but this is my first time writing in. Um, the Flop House was the first podcast I ever listened to after it was recommended by a man I had a crush on. Well, I haven't spoken to the man in years, at least he gave me the Flop House. I'd love to get what? some personalized <laughs> recommendations from you. I mean, they're both listeners. I don't know why you. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. I forgot he was I, a listener. I normally. Hey, uh, gr- would you cons- Sorry I said that. Would you consider pledging? MaximumFun.org slash join. Yeah, it's not like you write, he's like, yeah, you should check out this podcast to wipe your ass. <laughs> we, <laughs> we apologize to every man who may have recommended a podcast at some point <laughs> who is listening. Um, I mean, not other podcasts. Fuck those guys. Uh, I normally Keep gravitate. qualifying it. <laughs> I normally gravitate to movies that move at a slower pace particularly those that are woman-led. Some examples include Brooklyn, Spirited Away, Persepolis, Midsommar, and Roma. My favorite movies from the, from the past year were Women Talking and Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Very similar in some ways. I also enjoy lighthearted musicals like In the Heights and Yesterday and hated La La Land. Looking forward to hearing what you have to recommend. Laurel, last name withheld. Uh, I got one that I think is genuinely underseen and I think might be the ticket. It's called uh, Marjorie Prime. It's from 2017. It was directed by Michael Almereda. Uh, I hope I said that correctly. It's about an elderly woman who uses a service that creates a holographic projection of a young version of her deceased husband. Um, so it, it stars Lois, Lois Smith as the older woman, uh, you know, with this holographic companion and it's based on a play and I've seen people, you know, I've seen reviews for it. I loved it. I've seen reviews for it from elsewhere. They're like, oh, it's too much like a play, but sometimes I feel like that's okay in movies. I I feel like we have a very restrictive view. Like there are ways to sort of embrace the fact that it's like a play and not run away from it. Like, I feel like sometimes movies fail by running away from the central qualities of a play. I I don't know. Yeah, as long as Um, it's the best way to tell the story, like, who cares if it's like a play? Yeah, but, um, so, yeah, it's got, uh, Lois Smith, like I said, John Hamm's in it, uh, Tim Robbins and Gina Davis shows up, show up, and it's good to see their faces, uh, again. Uh, haven't been doing a lot. Uh, Audrey also was, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm saying I miss them as performers. I'm not trying to like insult he was, either of them. He was as... the player, Elliot. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, the dubious look on my face was only the idea that they're not doing a lot because they do work. I, Gina Davis does all that charity work, right? I just, I yeah. just, you and know, she's they're, archer. <laughs> they're people I'm fond of who had bigger parts in movies past who I don't see that much. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they don't work. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you're just you're just mad that Earth girls are complicated now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's Gina. Also, <laughs> I wanted to go. say that uh, you know I was looking over these and thinking about them while Audrey happened to be around, and I have not seen this movie, but she suggested Petite Maman for this one, which oh, sounded hell like yeah. From everything I've read about it, sounds like it might be right. Yeah, up I haven't alley. seen that yet, and I really want to. It's by my girl Celine. <laughs> uh, what do you guys have? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I would have recommended Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but I recommend that all the time. I love that movie. I'm crazy for it. So I'm going to recommend a movie that's a little more stewardy. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, Castle Free. It's called, it's you know how much energy, it, like how much effort it required for me not to just answer Castle Freak for all six of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was so yeah. tempted. I mean, uh, I did see a twinkle in Stuart's eye when I mentioned that we were doing this before, <laughs> that I was like, is he going to do that? Uh-huh. You're like, how much of a stinker is Stuart? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he a little stinker or is he a big stinker? Yeah. Well, I think, Stuart, you could take a break from stinkering since I think as as you showed us, or was it Dan showed us, uh, Paul Schrader on Wikipedia was now listed as the director of Heartbeeps. <laughs> oh, wow. That's weird. I'm glad, glad yeah, that you're reality matches my perception. A big stinker at this point. <laughs> Yeah, when it, what what'll happen when I start using my stinker powers for good, guys? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Guys, the like limit. Stinker suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> suicide stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it would be Stinkicide Squad. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to recommend squad. I'm going to recommend a movie that's a little bit slow. It's woman led, um, and reminds me of some of the movies that she mentioned. I'm going to recommend a movie from 2009, directed by Ty West, called House of the Devil. Uh, mm. It's about a young college student who gets hired to babysit. Uh, but it immediately gets weird, and she spends most of the movie just wandering around a spooky old house before it gets. Uh, very terrifying. Um, it does also feature Tom Noonan, who is always welcome to see. And it also features director of Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig. Whoa, whoa. Uh, it's great. It's part of that whole mumblecore family of movies. Uh, you know, the Joe Swanberg and uh, Adam Wingard and all those guys. Um, it's uh, So if you're looking for like a quiet, uh, interesting, kind of slow uh, and scary horror movie that I feel like probably influenced a lot of the, the current generation of indie horror that is popping up, uh, check out The House of the Devil. I'm going to recommend another scary movie, but this one's not horror scary. It's scary in that it's a real situation that is scary to be in. Uh, and that is the movie Wendy and Lucy, directed by Kelly Reichardt. Reichardt, who did, you may know her from, uh, she did what first cow recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she also did the movie <clears throat> Old Joy. She she's done a she's had a bunch of movies. Meek's Cut Off is another one of hers that I like a lot. Uh, this is a story starring Michelle Williams as Wendy. She is a homeless woman who is traveling with her dog Lucy, and it's a really heartbreaking movie about how when you don't have resources, a relatively small problem can become a catastrophe and lead to your life dissolving around you. And uh, Michelle Williams is really great in it. The movie is really understated, but it still has this feeling of like um, kind of inevitable dread throughout it. Uh, and it's just, it's a really, it's really good. And it's just super heartbreaking. It's slow. It takes its time. It's not a, it's not one of those fast cutting, you know, hyper intense movies about a mm-hmm. homeless woman who's losing mm-hmm. possession of her dog. <laughs> you know, it's not taken with the dog, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, but uh, that's what I would recommend for you, Laurel, Wendy, and Lucy. And I recommend uh, "Taken with the Dog" <laughs> as uh, yeah, the the title for our next collaborative screenplay. <laughs> taken with the dog. But that's that's that goes. You go. I am taken with this dog. <laughs> this dog. I just cannot stop thinking about this dog. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, we got another one here. It's from Kate Lasting Withheld, who writes. My hopefully fun bullet points of interest are we'll, – we'll be sure to internally judge these bullet points. <laughs> uh, uh, some of my favorite movies are Videodrome, 
True Stories, Army of Darkness, and Fire Walk With Me. I'm into musicals, schlock, and general silliness, and body horror. I will watch just about anything, but can only get my girlfriend to join me if the plot doesn't involve a lot of secondhand embarrassment. I have seen The Velocipaster over seven times and am really into dinosaurs. Thank you. From Kate. Oh, man. Elliot's like, <laughs> have you ever seen Jurassic Park? Yeah, are you... <laughs> Are you champing at the bit to get in there? No, well, the thing is, I was really stymied by this because I wanted to recommend a dinosaur movie, but other than Jurassic Park, which I'm sure Kate has seen, there's really not that many good movies about dinosaurs. I got a dino. Great, uh, I'll delete my recommendation of Baby. I mean, I got a Lost Legend. (laughs) That's. I was like, I was like, is it Baby Lost Legend or is it Tammy and the T Rex? Tammy and the T Rex is my recommendation. That's what you said. That I I was guessing. So, Tom, why don't you talk about Tammy and the T Rex? Well, uh, it. It fits in with your enjoyment of schlock, general silliness, and body horror because it's about a <laughs> a girl whose boyfriend dies and then his brain <laughs> gets put. Well, he doesn't die. He like he he dies because his brain, I guess, gets put into this robotic T Rex. I can't that remember the actual you. that would kill detail. you. In that real would life, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now <laughs> the yeah she's dating a dinosaur and she doesn't. Really let that's a, it stop you know what? her. That's she, an even you know, better transcends. title. <laughs> She's dating a dinosaur is an even better title for the movie. It's true. <laughs> uh, so it's a love story between a, a, a gal and a dino. And it has, uh, if you watch the R-rated version, the cut that was originally supposed to be the movie and then got restored recently, it's got a lot of gore in it. Yep. And it's a, yeah, it's a silly, schlocky horror comedy. Uh, that I think in the like in the restored version, I never watched the old one. I always saw it in these lists of like bad movies. Like I think Tammy the T Rex knows exactly what it's doing. I don't. I don't think it's that kind of like bad movie. Like there are elements that aren't up to the ultimate. I mean, it's not know, a realization it's not a of good the movie. potential. <laughs> yeah, but it also is totally conscious of like how silly. Like it was a movie sure. that was. I think literally written in a weekend because someone involved had access to a dinosaur puppet. That's what I heard <laughs> at least uh, a long time ago when I read about Tammy the T-Rex. Actually, so. actually that's, that story gets mixed up a lot. They actually had access to a Tammy. And they oh, wrote the movie okay. around that. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, make sure all the other elements are as easy to realize as possible. <laughs> and then they read the script. God damn it, Gary. <laughs> what are you doing? The giant dinosaur? <laughs> okay, so that was my recommendation. I also had an alternate in case someone else said Taming the T-Rex, which is just Phantom of the Paradise. I'll just mention it. If you haven't oh, yeah. seen it, you should watch it. But what do you guys have? Yeah, yeah, I, I got to see that uh, at least one of the masks from Phantom of the Paradise is in Guillermo del Toro's personal oh, nice. collection. Cool. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm going to recommend uh, something that I think hits a lot of those criteria. It's by a big-name director, and it's his debut feature. That's right, Bad Taste by Peter Jackson. Mm. It is silly. It's schlocky. Uh, it's body horrific, uh, and it's very homemade. I think it took him, what, three years worth of Sundays to make this movie. At uh, least, yeah. And he, like, made all the, like, he made all the creatures' masks in his mom's oven. That's why they're shaped in a specific way. Like, all the guns are homemade. It's great. It is about an alien invasion on Earth uh, and a squad of elite uh, anti-alien task force guys in New <laughs> Zealand who have to stop it. And it's so much fun, and it's so interesting, and clearly you're watching this movie and you're like, Oh wow! This guy, this guy has it. 
Uh, and it's so much fun to see a filmmaker who clearly loves movies and clearly has a talent and a flair for it get to make this like tiny little movie. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Highly recommend it. And it's gross. It's it's a super fun movie. And I, I don't know if this is the cat. This happens with every version of it. But if you watch the version that was on Amazon Prime, I don't know if it still is. And you have the captions on. For some reason, the captions describe the soundtrack, the musical soundtrack, as you're watching it. <laughs> great. So it'll be it'll be like it'll be like tense electronic music, and then it'll be like it'll be like rat-a-tat timpani drums. And I was like, this is an amazing <laughs> touch to add to this, that, that they're describing how the music sounds. Um, I'm gonna, so here's the thing. I have a double feature of movies to recommend. Uh, mm. I couldn't think of a, one I really want to recommend with dinosaurs, but uh, this is one a movie that, is it body horror? I'm not sure. There's two scenes in particular that are kind of body horror-ish, I guess, but it's a movie we've talked about a lot on the show. That's Possession from 1981, uh, directed by Andrzej I'm not sure entirely how to pronounce his name, uh, but starring Sam Neill and Isabella Johnny in one of her greatest performances. Uh, and it is the story of the dissolution of a marriage uh, against a backdrop, backdrop of spy stuff in Berlin and also what appears to be an alien creature that uh, Isabella Johnny is leaving her husband for. And it's there's not that much physical horror in it uh, aside from two major scenes, but there's such a sense of incredible emotional creepiness throughout the entire thing. And the whole movie, it feels like you're watching a film that fell through another dimension. Uh, like it's just different enough in everything that happens in it. Uh, and the other thing, you mentioned uh, musicals and goofy stuff. So I would say after Possession, then I want you to watch Dames from 1934. This is a Busby Berkeley musical <laughs> with uh, Dick Powell and Ruby Keeler and Guy Kibbe and Zazu Pitts, two of the great comedy supporting actors of the 30s are in there. And uh, it's just a super goofy it's the silliest of the Busby Berkeley movies. It's just super goofy and silly. There's a great number in it called The Girl at the Ironing Board, which takes place entirely at a turn-of-the-century laundry and where, the, where, they're, <laughs> where the, the women are all dancing with shirts and stuff. And it has the, um, the song I Only Have Eyes for You, which is just the way they do it is beautiful. And it's where, if you remember in Gremlins 2, there's the part where uh, they, the, there's a giant face of the lady gremlin and the eye iris is open and mm -hmm. then the lady gremlin comes out of it. That's taken right from this number and so uh it's are you sure the, it wasn't the other way around <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're right you're right they they uh they babbled this and the movie from back then was inspired from the by the movie from now mm -hmm. uh so that's my double feature for you it, kate is possession and dames all right well we got one more uh person i think we're nailing the assignment today guys i think we're really crushing so. it everyone's uh, doing a great job i just want to say you guys put such thought into this uh, you've got great recommendations. I hope mine reach the same level, and I yeah. hope our listeners no, are enjoying it. And I hope that they enjoy it so much that they go to MaximumFun.org slash join and pledge their support, and maybe we'll do more of these. What do you think, guys? What do you think? Oh, we'll maybe. do more, may, more recommendations that are bespoke. Bespoke. Okay, well, this one is from Alex, last name withheld, in Dayton, Ohio, who writes, Peaches, my cultural taste buds are blown out. <laughs> Conventional narrative arcs bore me. I need my plots to be unpredictable, even broken, just to feel something. I can't tell the difference between ironic and sin sincere appreciation anymore. A few of my favorite movies of the 21st century are The Room, The Lighthouse, Cats, and Titan. Hit me with the weird shit, guys. Show me that the world still has the capacity to surprise. 
Yeah, that's from Alex in Dayton, Ohio. Man, I now, feel can like I, can I go Alex first and on this I are one? in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. cause Dan's, I know Dan's in that boat. His taste buds don't taste anything entertainment-wise anymore. I'm really happy with my suggestion here. Alex, I don't know if you've seen this, maybe you have, but I wanted to recommend The Forbidden Room from 2015. That's a Guy Madden movie. And if you want a movie that's gonna surprise you, the Forbidden Room will surprise you because it is constantly changing what movie it is. Every six minutes or so, you never quite know what you're going to expect from it. By the end, the movie itself is going bonkers uh, all over the place. Uh, it has an original song by Sparks that is available nowhere else but in this movie. Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with Guy Madden's work, but Guy Madden specializes in making movies that are modern movies but look like they were made a long time ago but are dealing with subject matter that they would not have dealt with in old, old movies. And it's got an amazing cast. Uh, our old buddy Udo Kier appears in it as a guy. This is, I'll just tell you about this one sequence. This is the Sparks song that features Udo Kier starring as a man who is so obsessed with butts that he keeps going to a doctor to have parts of his brain scraped out so that he doesn't become obsessed with butts anymore. And it's not working. So he keeps having to get more and more of his brain <laughs> scraped out. This is just one Sto this is one <laughs> short story in, in this movie. Uh, and it's it's a really great, just just bonkers movie. So that's The Forbidden Room, uh, one of uh, Guy Madden's more recent movies. And just, a, it's a there's a lot of delight in it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was like a lot of sort of weirdo uh, uh, horror that I was thinking of, like stuff that, you really rides that line where you're like, okay, I don't know. I don't know if the, like in, from one direction, this is kind of brilliant. I don't know what their intention was. It also is total nonsense. And it's like, because everything else is working, you know, the nonsense translates as dream logic and it's kind of fascinating. Like, there's a lot of stuff like I feel that. like this, this one was tailor-made for Dan. Because you, <laughs> I think out of the three of us, you have the most experience with like wacko... Like yeah, I mean, stuff that you it rides that line between great and totally horrible. Yes, and there's like stuff that occurred to me that I almost recommended: uh, Paganini Horror, Nightmare Weekend, uh, Boarding House. These are all, I think, classics of that type. I decided to go with a movie that I've recommended before on the podcast uh, from 1993, Doppelganger. Written directed by Israeli filmmaker Abby Nesher, starring a youngish Drew Barrymore, like ingenue age, um, who has possibly a doppelganger that's following her around and causing murderous mayhem, until a pair of double reveals at the end of the <laughs> movie that are just the kind of like outlandish that I was talking about before. But I, you know, it, it's a movie that. Really, for me, I, I watch it and I'm like, can I say this isn't working? Because I'm enjoying it so much. Mm -hmm. Like, If you're genuinely getting pleasure from it, then it's working on some <laughs> level, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's the thing with kink, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's not much else I want to say because saying it would, would spoil the yeah. experience. But I recommend it a lot. Uh, I'm going to recommend a big messy movie that you might love or you might not like at all. Star recommending Wars. A, I'm recommending a movie from 2006 called oh. Southland Tales. Oh, uh, interesting. Interesting choice. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like this fits that like, it, you know, it was a long delayed movie. It was a long hyped movie. It was Richard Kelly's follow-up to Donnie Darko, right? Yeah. Um, and there were like, 
prequel comics and shit. It was I supposed think. to be the middle chapter of an enormous multimedia thing that there's going to be comics, and I forgot what the other what the other section of it was. It was a hugely ambitious thing, and it means yeah. that the movie has no beginning and no real <laughs> no real yes. ending. And it's it's set in like a futuristic Los Angeles. It's kind of this like ensemble story where. Characters are all doing all kinds of crazy stuff. John Lovitz yeah. is like a corrupt bad cop, and uh-huh. and Wallace Shawn is supposed to be a real sexy character. Like he was he was deliberately casting people against type in the movies. So like The Rock is a real nervous, anxious guy, and it's a yeah. It's it's and there's like musical numbers. It's yeah. It's one of those things where. Yeah, for for somebody who is uh, you know an explorer on the far reaches of cinema, uh, yeah, experience, the line between pain and pleasure. <laughs> yeah, this this might exactly be for you, or you might not like it at all, like many people at the time did. Honestly, that's a movie where I remember seeing that in the theaters, being super excited because I really loved Donnie Darko, and not liking it at all, except for John Lovitz and and The Rock's performances in them. And I think that. If I watched it now without the baggage of, oh, this is the yeah. new movie from the guy who made Donnie Darko, I think I might like it a lot. It's such a, it's such a bonkers yeah. movie. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I haven't watched it since. This, like, there was enough of a growing, like, hey, is this good, actually, contingent that I watched it? But I also, I think I was still in that disappointment mode, whereas now, I don't know. I feel like it's it's gotten a, a bit of cultural reevaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Stuart kind of said it before, but like, if, uh, you watch these movies, like write us back, let us know about the recommendations. If you just like, if you only find time for one or you've seen some of the movies, like let us know then, or let us know if you program a film festival of three movies, one from each of us. And, uh, and you know, like, let us know how, uh. How we did. Yeah. I would be very curious. Did we nail it? Did we nail it? Um, guys, as as I've mentioned before, this is the last show of the 2023 Max Fun Drive. And it's been a really great drive so far. We've had Twitch streams. Uh, I think Dan participated in some kind of pancake contest. <laughs> uh, no more details. Uh, a very special, <laughs> we've had, we had a very Record special episode. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we had a very special episode of the Peach Pit. Uh, there's been some great bonus content dropped and all that is possible because of your support. So I just want to take this last break to deeply and sincerely thank all of our supporters. You make this show possible. All three of us have faced various financial turbulence over the years. And thanks to you, we've been able to continue making this fun, silly show a priority in our lives. Very literally, you keep food in Elliot's children's mouths. Yes, really- and it goes into their stomach. It doesn't just stay in the mouth. It goes down the down the throat into the stomach. Oh, thank God. You keep a roof over Dan's head. <laughs> okay. And protein powder in my belly. <laughs> Seems less we- important. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only nutrition he gets these days. I guess so. Yeah, not based on my DMs, Dan. Uh, we, we love you, and we are so lucky to have found such a funny, dedicated, talented, and generous audience. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. And one more time, if you'd like to support the Flophouse, please head over to MaximumFun.org slash join. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Uh, Yes, thank you. And uh, thank you to all the listeners who uh, wrote in 
and gut recommendations. I think that this is something, like we have a lot of extra ones that we didn't get to. I think this is something that we will revisit in the future and I will uh, get to maybe some of the other ones that didn't wind up in this batch. Yeah. Um, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, and listeners. It made us think a little bit. And we got to talk about movies we like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and thanks to Alex Smith, our producer. He is uh, at Howell Dotty on various socials. Uh, but for this episode of The Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Ellie Kalen. Hi. I remembered my name that time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.